0: As recently as 15 years ago, Ohio struggled with economic growth and attracting good jobs to the state. It ranked 41st in the United States as the best state to do business. Now it's number seven. A number of factors and policy efforts contributed to that change. But as this episode's guest explains, reliable and cost-effective energy was and remains essential. You're listening to Energy Solutions, a podcast from the Electric Power Supply Association. I'm your host, Todd Snitchler, EPSA's president and CEO. Our guest this episode is Dana Sosier, vice president and head of economic development for Jobs Ohio, a nonprofit, private economic development corporation that works to drive job creation and investment in the Buckeye state. Dana left his home state of Maine in pursuit of better job opportunities, so he knows firsthand how important it is to keep local economies vibrant. Here's my conversation with Dana. We talk about what businesses and employers look for when choosing what areas of the country to invest in and how Ohio's strong foundation of competitive and reliable power produced and generated in-state can be a deciding factor. Dana, you've had an interesting background and career, and we're going to talk a little bit about your current role now, but you come with an extensive amount of energy experience, and for our listeners' benefit, uh, it might be helpful for them to know your background in the energy space, and then we'll talk about kind of how it fits into the role that you have now, but I think it's always good for people to get to know our guests a little bit. Yeah,
1: thanks, Todd. Now, it's great to be with you, and thanks Um Yeah, I'll I'll be sure my backgrounds are always more interesting to the person saying it than maybe the people (laughs) hearing it. But uh, I grew up in northern Maine, hardworking, kind of French-speaking, close-knit community right on the Maine-Canadian border, a little town Fort Kent, attended the University of Maine. Um, I think if you were to visit Maine from a business perspective, a lot of old economy economy Mm -hmm. jobs, you know, logging, paper, pulp, uh, fishing Uh, Of course, tourism um, with Acadia National Park, all those kind of things, but uh, you know, and and that actually played a role in in eventually leaving the state and coming to jobs Ohio. But it was a great place to work out work, and I held most of those kind of jobs. Um, But what I soon came to realize was that they were you know very difficult, and and some were in kind of survival mode with offshoring of Mm -hmm. manufacturing to overseas. uh, and had an opportunity to to look at uh, some oil and gas jobs. My dad at the time was head of International Papers uh, Energy Procurement Group. But um, he, uh, at the time, gas was deregulating. And so a lot of exciting things and growth were happening there. Mm-hmm. So as a small town kid, I flew to Houston. It felt like I was going to outer space and it was, the city was overwhelming. I had an opportunity to come and interview for a job in Ohio and it just seemed more my uh to fit my my background so i left mm-hmm. uh my home state and joined a uh, uh at the time natural gas uh supplier to large industrial companies it was soon acquired by a larger conglomerate and i spent the next 13 years kind of in in the energy and then along the way power deregulated so mm-hmm. i did things like power trading you know gas trading long term origination risk management asset development and then um, along the way, I decided to leave, and I founded my own energy company, and uh, we did uh, power and gas supply to large industrials all the way down, really, to the consumer level. Uh, we had about $350 million in revenues. We served about 150,000 customers throughout a number of states. Um, grew that over 10 years, and then I uh, was offered an opportunity to go work at DTE Energy Trading up in Michigan. Um mm-hmm. And help them turn around and grow some assets. And then, um, uh, Jobs Ohio came calling early days of the Utica Marcellus. And, um, they'd asked if I'd be interested in kind of taking what I knew and helping the state grow its prosperity and figure out how to, you know, leverage this new oil and gas opportunity for the state. And, um, So I had a chance to join a special team at Jobs, Ohio. And, uh, you know, going back to why I left my home state, it it had always bothered me that I had to leave my home state to kind of pursue a great career. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I I saw this, Todd, was a way to kind of give back, leverage what I know, but also give back to a state that's really been great to me and my family and helping to not just have a great p- career, but also to have a great quality of life here in Ohio. And I know you as a fellow Ohioan know that firsthand.
0: Tell us a little bit about Jobs Ohio. For those that don't know, it's uh it's a kind of a not kind of, it's a one-of-a-kind uh economic development driver for the state. And you've got a very important role there. But for those who don't know about Jobs Ohio, can you kind of give us the nickel tour about what it is and how it works?
1: So just to set the table, you know, Ohio is, you know, a really a manufacturing powerhouse globally dating back to the Rockefeller era and yeah. you know with industries like steel rubber but along the way had you know had been really hardly hit by offshoring and things um like that and you know it it quite frankly had kind of you know lost its way and uh, at one point like about 15 years ago was ranked number 41 in the u.s of as best states to do business so not a, a great stat mm-hmm. and um so to to the previous governor governor Kasich, john Kasich's credit uh and i think todd i, I can't remember if you were in the legislature at the time but you, might, you had a hand in this as well but there was an intent to really chart a different course uh f- for growing, you know, prosperity in Ohio, so he, along with the legislature, you included, wanted the state to really kind of move at the speed of business, and so they decided to take a fresh approach. So they privatized uh, economic development mm-hmm. into a private not-for-profit. We have a nine uh, boor- nine private board member group that over you know that oversees Jobs Ohio. What, what is also different is we established 10 industry sectors. It wasn't meant to be everything to everybody. We try to take a very strategic approach. to so think through sure. things like healthcare, technology, financial services, course, energy and chemicals as one mm-hmm. sector, logistics, food and agribusiness, aerospace, auto, military and federal. And so over the past 12 years, we've served about 3,500 companies. And uh about twenty-five percent of them are large cap, about fifty are middle cap, and the, the rest of the twenty-five percent are are smaller companies. Mm-hmm. We've invested about one point two billion in growth. Um, and those that those investments have unlocked another hundred plus billion of private sector investment. So pretty good wow. leverage on the dollars. And I would say so. Yeah. We we think the strategy's working. And so we think we're headed in the right direction. It, Todd is it, so. Remember, I mentioned forty-one. Mm-hmm. Um, we're now rated number seven it's best state to do business. We rank number one in GDP growth in the Midwest. Uh, mm-hmm. We've also been ranked number two, winning the most economic development projects uh, against states like Texas and Florida, which, as you know, are that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, and then um, number one nationally for most productive labor. So that's a stat you don't hear. The people that are here are very productive mm-hmm. in their in their work and then number 2 for quality of life, you know. And then you again you had a hand in this making Ohio just more business friendly to business. Mm-hmm. And um and so we we uh the way we go about our our work is when we put a dollar to work, we look at it like ever like the private sector. We want a return on the investment and we mm-hmm. can tell you when we invest a dollar to attract a company, we can tell you to the month when that's positive to the state in terms of tax revenues and things like that.
0: Well, you talked a little bit about how you do what you do, but let me ask you maybe a little more specifically, because, you know, as I read the papers and I hear what's happening in Ohio, I see major announcements for significant investments from companies being made in the state, which clearly they see the value of being in Ohio to either build or grow their business. How do you help make that happen? Yeah, it's
1: a great question. Um so first of all, I would say uh and and by the way, we're selling Ohio globally. It's not just, you know, within the United States. Um mm-hmm. it starts with just marketing Ohio uh and its attributes. Uh and so if you, you can imagine you're in Asia, Oh you know, you obviously know where the United States is, but where Ohio fits in the in the construct is You know, it starts there. So establishing what Ohio is about, our brand, um, what we're really good at. When we get companies that ideally want to come visit Ohio, uh, we engage with them depending on the industry sector. I mentioned we'll Mm -hmm. bolt on a a very strategic group of people to engage with that company. And like I said, we've walked, likely walked a day in their shoes. So we probably understand what's keeping them up at night or what opportunities Mm -hmm. they're trying to provide. uh, pursue, but um, we 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 host them, we'll find sites and locations for them, so we'll actually take them around the state, engage with them. So, I, I almost see us as a concierge to the state, and then you know, this convening of all facets of the state, uh, I think is a real advantage because we're kind of a one stop shop, meaning. Mm-hmm. A lot of states, if you engage with them, you got to engage with state government and on uh, different levels of local government, and you know you're responsible for orchestrating those moving parts.
0: Sure. How does energy play a part in the jobs Ohio message to businesses that are considering Ohio as a location? What, what's the selling point? What do you tell them about energy in Ohio or energy more broadly that is that resonates?
1: Yeah, it's it's a great thing, and it's absolutely mission critical, uh, Todd. So starting with when jobs ohio was established we said hey energy and chemicals needs to be part of our key you know again we weren't trying to be everything to everybody mm-hmm. but we recognized early on that that was a very strategic ste- uh sector um what's interesting is it's its own vertical sector but it's also what I call, call a horizontal sector because it's also a major driver in other industry verticals that we go after sure, so think sure. it you know manufacturing Mm-hmm. um think intel you know large those facilities use a lot of energy so while they're not in the energy business energy plays a big role yep uh, but think of food and agriculture you know a lot of fertilizers and grain drying and things a lot of that is driven by that so it's something that uh we talk a lot about is a is when we're selling ohio how reliable and affordable is energy and by the way, it's completely correlated uh, to, you know, job prosperity. Hmm. I, I can't name a place on a planet that has a very prosperous economy that doesn't have a very solid energy market that's reliable and, and a cost effective. So, it, by the way, if somebody knows of a place, I've always have to be informed on that. But <laughs> it, um, if you look at the scarcity, energy scarcity, high prices mm-hmm. in Europe – um, you know, and, and really growth is kind of almost stagnated there. Uh, energy availability, affordable prices is, is one of our biggest selling points. Mm-hmm. And, um, just a couple of stats there just because a lot of folks know about, they think about us energy independence, but what they don't realize is a lot of that came out of the Ohio river Valley. Uh, we've mm-hmm. largely led that, uh, so since 2011, like 3,300 world-class wells, That's led to massive increases in natural gas, butane, propane, ethane, condensate, and other things. And by the way, at some of the plant's lowest prices. So I think that's a key part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, That's led to a big midstream and downstream investment. Um, You know, for some of your folks and members, uh, that's led to, I think, seven world-class brand new natural gas power plants uh, that are, you know, baseload and... Mm -hmm. Uh, Clean burning. We've had we've got major refineries that make jet fuel and diesel, Um, and then of course paint companies like PPG, Sherwin Williams, you know things like that. They they use you know petrochemicals as core Mm -hmm. to their feedstocks, and uh, they're all located here in Ohio. So what's what's interesting since really 2011, we've had I think it's 68 billion of upstream investment. Um, that's led to 21.4 of midstream and then about 8 billion of downstream. So it's really about a hundred billion over the last 12 years alone. And by the way, that's just Ohio that doesn't include West Virginia and Pennsylvania, which Mm -hmm. are additional numbers. So it's just been a massive investment in Ohio. Um, and then, you know, that's, Led to a tremendous amount of jobs, direct jobs, and then you can imagine construction jobs and indirect jobs. It's really gone a long way to lift parts of Ohio and then strategically is important, like I said, as we're positioning Ohio Mm -hmm. with other companies, so…
0: Um, You noted kind of Ohio's history as a manufacturing state going back well over a century. And Ohio generates, but it also consumes a lot of electricity. And we've seen a lot of announcements of late about high-tech manufacturing and businesses like data centers and other things that demand a significant amount of affordable, reliable power. What's your pitch or what's Ohio's pitch to those businesses? And by that, I mean, we often hear a lot about Southern states that are vertically integrated and that's the best model and the companies. Just love to locate there, but I think recent experience suggests that that's not maybe the rule of you know, the day anymore. So, would you agree with that assessment? And kind of, how do you, you guys position Ohio when it comes to energy for those types of businesses?
1: You know, companies at the end of the day, Todd, are, are looking for they they might have all kinds of objectives, but at the core, they're really looking for low cost, reliable energy around the clock, gas, power, mm-hmm. you know, and so forth and it's really critical now they may also have you know an interest or objectives around renewables and things like that and that's very important to some companies some companies it's not as important as you can imagine varying degrees of of uh, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day what is typically key is they have to produce their products and 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 stay online around the clock and so it's it's a balance and so What companies are looking for, is, you can imagine, again, the feedstock, whatever, if it's power gas, they want to understand how reliable it is. And that's, you know, not just the upstream supply, but also the transmission and distribution infrastructure, many of which are looking for redundant feeds so that at any time they can cut over, you know, from one feed to another if, if, uh, you know, something were to happen. Reliability, I think those are all questions that they just don't want to suffer any downtime. Mm-hmm. Um, the other strategy, so that has to be there. I don't believe we would be growing like we are if those facets weren't there. Uh, the other factors, though, are still important. And so we have to engage. And we do have renewable activity here, um, solar and wind and, and other things. We still have two nuclear power plants. Mm-hmm it's a balance and across we're not all in on one thing. We Mm -hmm. have a very reliable mix that like you invest for retirement, you know, you don't put all your eggs in one basket. And I think that's been, that's been great. And, and I think Ohio has struck taught a a very unique balance where you've got in one regard, some of the lowest cost uh, hydrocarbons and yet vibrant renewables projects and other things you know in development and so and so there's really something for everybody, if you will, and um, it's all being done in a competitive marketplace mm-hmm. and then specific to that, um, you know one thing I would say is that in vertically integrated markets uh, where it's a monopoly and you have one place, you have limited choice, it's just always struck me as odd that you a in a world that wants you know consumers want choice. Um, To have one all-knowing company make decisions for its consumers uh, and also be the lowest cost and most innovative just seems draconian to me. And uh, so Ohio enjoys a pretty vibrant, competitive market. You Mm -hmm. can, as an industrial company, as for example, come in and you can hedge, you can structure your supply, you can buy from whoever, uh, you can... If you want to hedge off peak or hedge on peak or you want to, you know, have a mix of of risk management strategy, you can really build your own energy supply mix that meets your needs as -hmm. opposed to being dictated to at all levels. Of course, our transmission distribution is still regulated, so, you know, there are some limits there. But and by the way, there's a lot of third party retailers for companies that aren't used to deregulation. There's a lot of companies that will happily consult. And advise you as an industrial on what's the best decision, mm-hmm. um, much like a financial planner might for someone personally.
0: Dana also pointed out that Ohio's economic growth hasn't come at the expense of environmental progress. Emissions have dropped significantly in the state, more than 35%, while its competitive energy markets have grown what do you hear from the businesses when they talk to you about their energy demand and expectations? Let's, let's use the example that everybody's familiar with because it was splashed all over the news a few months ago when Intel made the big announcement that it was going to locate in central Ohio. That's an incredibly energy-intensive business it's a manufacturing of the highest technology. They've got to have reliable power. What, what were, what were the concerns that they raised or what does, maybe you don't have to talk specifically about them, but a business like them that they come to you and you know, what's, what's the things that you hear and that you are able to answer because of what Ohio can provide.
1: Well, it again, not singling them out. I mean, I think this is inherent in a lot of industries is that, uh um, you know how disruptive when your energy goes out at home your whole life oh, yeah. and changes, think about a business that is, uh, you know, limited by the same. So first and foremost, it's the things I mentioned. They, they want to they know that if they put, in some cases, billions of dollars on the ground in Ohio, that the environment they're investing in is going to be there. And energy mm-hmm. is front and center to that. And, you know, if you look at gas lines in Europe and you've got, you know, plant, old coal plants being taken out of mothball in Europe, uh, again, not to pick on anybody, but those, you know, th- that's the lengths at which companies need to stay in business to mm-hmm. meet their shareholder and employees and customers. And so they want it so that we engage pretty, pretty uh, deep in a detailed way on what that looks like in Ohio. Uh, and so we break down the deregulated energy markets, especially if they're not used to being able mm-hmm. to meet choices um we in some cases will facilitate them meeting up with experts to even take it further but we look at uh we look at their load that they're requiring we look at mm-hmm. any growth that they're anticipating because many companies will come and do phase one but there could be more phases so sure so we 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 really work through that process with them. But at the end of the day, what they want to know is that is what's the all in price going to look like over mm-hmm. time, you know, as best you can forecast it. And then they want to know the tools are there to be able to manage it um, over time. And then, uh, you know, like I said, infrastructure wise, they want to know that Ohio set up. And, and I think, you know, Ohio on the power side has a 765 KV backbone, which is like, mm-hmm. I think the biggest in the country. A massive amount of transmission investments have been made uh, to to bring that redundancy. Um, you know, we're part of PJM, which has a pretty large capacity reserve. Um, and, um, and then, like I said, the six to seven, uh, I think we have an eighth under construction now, brand new state-of-the-art power plant that's going to mm-hmm. take our low-cost natural gas and turn it into low-cost reliable power. So those are the things just... You know, high level, Todd, that we we really work with and sell, and then we'll even, if needed, get involved in helping them implement those strategies. By you know, we'll introduce them to, in some case, oil and gas producers, mm-hmm. or we'll in- introduce them to other players that we know can help them uh, meet their needs. And um, and then once those are all, the, it's the property. Does the property <laughs> make <meet laughs> sure? And then workforce, you know, things like that. So it's a continuum. It's not kind of a one and done meeting. It's a continuum working through them. And generally I think you see the number of projects we're winning, some of the big names. Mm -hmm. Um, The Intel project was very paramount because we're not traditionally a semiconductor state, but I will tell you, we are going to be and it's far down the road. uh, So that, I think that shows team Ohio's ability to kind of really embrace customers and show them. The path.
0: So do you think about that competition has, or the value of competition has helped make your job easier to recruit companies as they look at significant energy demands on certain industries, manufacturing and others. Oftentimes you hear that energy is their second largest input cost behind labor. So are those, is that something that's been helpful to you in your work?
1: Yeah, it's a challenge. Yes, absolutely. Because of, what I said earlier, choice is kind of, you know, what Ohio, well, really, the United States is all about. It's being able to uh, make choices based on what is best for you and mm-hmm. um, and your company. Uh, we also have, you know, technology is just disrupting things in all kinds of good ways. Um, um, and so uh, the fact that they really, the sky's the limit in, in a lot of ways in Ohio. So that's a challenge, Todd, because you got to break that down, particularly for a company that may not be as in tune to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also requires them to be a little bit educated. And, and you know, ed- energy is a huge industry that not a lot of folks really understand, and it's complicated. For sure. And then you start to see the lights go on, and really, under, and then they understand that really, hey, there's it's a it's it's an opportunity to build the the supply strategy mm-hmm. that. You want uh and that's when it turns into what i think is a is a differentiator um mm-hmm. and then when you get to things like price um you know i was looking you know natural gas is selling for below two bucks that same MMBTUs 35 to 43 dollars in europe and asia per mbtu so it's 20 times
0: That's an amazing more. spread
1: exactly um, same thing on power and then maybe just even a, a hometown value prop is Ohio's tends to be at least 50 cents to a buck lower than even the Gulf of our mm. own Gulf of Mexico. So when you look at, you know, to be able to compete on a commodity where you're normally quibbling over quarter cent, Yeah. Um, to be able to show those kind of value spreads. And those have been around for a decade or more and continue look to be continuing into deep into the future. So when you take choice with price and reliability, put it together, it's really a powerful message.
0: There's, so uh, there's always a ton of issues around energy. It seems more so today than there have been in the past, but what recommendations or solutions do you think about to help provide stability to markets I know there's, you know, all kinds of questions around market reform and issues that are happening. And you're on the other side of the table saying, I'm just trying to get people to locate here and invest a lot of money in our state. And energy is an important component. So what would you what do you see as, you know, challenges? And then what would you recommend to enhance uh, your efforts to encourage businesses to locate to Ohio? Yeah, I mean, it's there are challenges, uh,
1: Todd, it's especially now in in, um, the COVID calibrated economy, whatever that is, it's, you know, we have all emerged kind of in a different place. Um, you know, it's, it energy's part of our mission. So we're going to support the energy construct that we have today, Mm -hmm. you know, back to your, uh, protecting the base. Um, so we're going to work with our energy and chemicals industry vertical. Um, and, and by the way, their supply chain. So we, you know, we make natural gas pipe pipe, you know, we, we look mm-hmm. at all those facets to um, controls, you know, and, you know, meters and things like that, that serve a lot of the energy industry. They're also made in Ohio. So we we look at that as well. Um, but we also know that, you know, that the in, the industry is also looking at other things. Right. In terms of uh, some companies have ESG goals and yeah, things yeah. like that. Some folks are looking at their carbon footprint. Um, if they run a fleet of trucks, you know, they're looking at how can we maybe electrify the fleet, things like that. So this is coming out in a lot of different ways. And so, um, we're focused on the base, but we're also trying to stay on the balls of our feet in terms of new ideas and new thinking and, um, you know, we know that companies do have some strong goals, um, even companies that do food packaging are looking Mm -hmm. for ways to have that not end up in a landfill. So those are the challenges that we're faced with. It's, it's really exciting times, uh, because a lot of these new, this new ideas and even solar, you know, has become more efficient so that even in a place other than Arizona, you know, you, you can produce some electricity. So we're Mm -hmm. trying to be, um, I guess, inclusive as much as you can. But at the same time, we're not turning our back on what's made, you know, Ohio successful and really is the the, the pace of, of our economy, which is reliable, low cost energy at, you know, when, when they need it around the
0: clock. Uh, I want to come back to something you mentioned at the beginning uh, when you gave us a little bit about your background. You co-founded an energy retail company in 2001, and on top of that, you've got 30 years of experience in the energy world more broadly. When you were focused on energy, and in particular from your seat, what changes have you seen in the energy landscape since you started to where you are? Yeah, it's a, there's a lot
1: there as well. Um, I I, I got to tell you, it's been that's why I love the industry because it's just it's just unbelievable. But mm-hmm. you know, I. I I guess, Todd, I've I've sold 99 cent gas and I've sold $14 gas. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, when I got in, you know, coal was still a prevalent player in the industry. Sure. Uh, uh, we still, you know, particularly up in the Northeast, you know, we injected gas into storage for use in the dead of winter. And then you look at this thing call fracking and some of the 3D seismic and you look at what it's done to turn all the fundamentals completely upside down. You look at a pipeline like Rockies Express was built to bring gas from mm-hmm. the mid-continent into the northeast and now that pipeline runs the other direction. Um, well, that that geology's always been there, right? It's just we found better and better ways. And so I think it's um, the other part that people don't realize is if you look in past history, energy production throughout the U.S. has been completely correlated to job creation. It, Great point. You know, coming out of World War II, we had a huge job boom in, in, in America, but in the late 60s, early 70s, production starts to drop and so does manufacturing jobs. And then we get hit with offshoring. Mm-hmm. And you see this big decline in U.S. manufacturing. And of course, Ohio was caught in that too. But then you look at uh, what's happened since t- really 2009. And you see now the new introduction, again, brought about by technology. The, you know, And now we're seeing a massive growth again in manufacturing jobs. I think that's just interesting. People don't talk about that. But again, back to and so you ask, what have I seen? It's been this amazing where, you know, we were kind of trying to hold on to manufacturing jobs going offshore in the early, you know, 90s and 2000s. Now we have this opportunity to really take it all back and more at a time that I think is is really important. It's always been important, but it's, you know, in a post-COVID e- economy and things going on around the world, you know, having our own energy and our own ability to, manufacturer, I think is really a dry, it's a, not to be corny, but it's a, it's, it really matters to the work I do. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Ohio's playing a big role in that. And, um, so, you know, having now us exporting energy to the world, um, you know, 80% of the U S energy independence is really taking place in the Utica Marcellus. And so, Really, when people talk about US independence, it's really Ohio, West Virginia, Pennsylvania. Matter of fact, I saw a stat the other day. If you made Ohio, West Virginia, and West and Pennsylvania a country, we would be the world's third largest producer of natural gas. So think of that. So I've seen that in my short time doing this and um for folks that are opportunistic and all that it's been an amazing opportunity to figure out and then and then uh, I think Ohio's best days are f- I mean it's amazing now but I think our best days are ahead
0: that's a pretty remarkable um spectrum to cover from beginning to end. So I think that's an appropriate spot for us to leave our conversation. So Dana, I want to thank you again for taking a little time to chat with us. You probably raised a dozen more questions. I wish we had time to ask. So maybe we'll get you back for a second bite at the apple, but I want to thank you for taking the time to visit with us. We certainly appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Todd. It's a, it's an honor that you took time to do this. Thank you.
0: As a side note, this episode with Dana almost didn't happen. We had to reschedule our interview because he was experiencing a power outage, a reminder that even this podcast can't run without reliable electricity. You can learn more about Jobs Ohio on our episode webpage. Get that and other information on policies and strategies to deliver reliable, cost-effective, and cleaner power at epsa.org. Thanks for listening to Energy Solutions. If you like this episode, please share it on social media or with your coworkers, friends, and family. You can also connect with us on Twitter, at EPSA News, and on LinkedIn. And subscribe, follow, leave a rating, or comment on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Google, or wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: Energy Solutions is brought to you by the Electric Power Supply
0: Association. EPSA represents America's competitive power suppliers – which bring about 150,000 megawatts of power generation resources to customers throughout the United States. Discover the power of competition at www.epsa.org.